0: Trooper pull someone over, we got a shooting, these folks drive by, there's a high speed pursuit, ends here, and then this execution type deal. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if our suspect was from Brainerd. Yeah. And i tell you what, from his footprint he looks like a big fella. You see something down there, Chief? no i just think i'm gonna barf jeez you okay margie yeah i'm fine it's just morning sickness well that passed yeah don't you just think it's amazing how much we've learned about disease processes and how that opens up the door to new medications. I mean, think about it. This whole area of medication called the biologics. Um, who would have thought about that? What, 20, 25 years ago? With the idea that, wait, you can take either like a monoclonal antibody and actually attack a substance that's causing a problem or hit a receptor to knock it out. Uh, it's, it'd be like, there's no way. I mean, that's science fiction. No, it's super possible. And it's real. We recently talked about migraines, and now there are specific receptor blockers that can take away the effect of certain chemicals that can trigger migraine. Of course, we're talking about these CGRP blockers that we talked about in the past episode regarding endometriosis and migraines. Absolutely not what we're focused on here. But in that same vein, in that same stream of thought, we're now learning so much more about other conditions like nausea, vomiting, of pregnancy, and of course, its future development, its future escalation in some patients to hyperemesis gravidarum, because we've always thought that, oh, you're super nauseated because it's the rise in estrogen, and that's fair. I mean, we all know that taking birth control pills that have estrogen can obviously make somebody nauseated. There's some truth to that, but it goes deeper than that. Yep, we now know that nausea and vomiting of pregnancy is likely not explained only by estrogen levels. It has to do with a very specific protein that's released by the fetal placental unit. It's called GDF-15. This is right off the heels of a brand new publication that came out in the journal Nature, and we're going to talk about it in this episode. Why? Because this is opening up the future development of specific GDF-15 blockers. Wow, so that may be a time when Phenergan and Zofran and Reglan and B6 and Ginger, all those have their place. I'm not saying that they don't have a role. They definitely have a role right now because we have nothing else, but wouldn't it be remarkable if one day, which is already in development now, these medications that block the actual offender at the brainstem level that causes nausea could now be developed and put that at bay. Remarkable. It is very, very likely going to happen because we already have this science and we already have these medications that are being developed now. Okay. Now it's not coming out next month. It's not coming out in two months, but this is hot off the press once again of an international study that involved the US that has now shown new light on the development of nausea, vomiting, and pregnancy. So let's cover GDF. 15, moving beyond estrogen for nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves really fast. This is Clinical Pearls. My goodness, I've said it many times that if pregnancy was left to the men, if men had to be pregnant, uh, human civilization would cease to exist. I mean, just the discomforts of pregnancy, the headache, the nausea, the, quote, morning sickness, end quote, which in some patients does not last just in the morning. That's a total misnomer. Uh, And sometimes it doesn't last just in the first trimester. I mean, it keeps going. And in some, it escalates to hyperemesis gravidarium, which is a whole horrible uh, other set of issues because of the maternal weight loss, the increased uh, in adverse fetal issues, uh, or pregnancy outcomes like preterm birth. Uh, It's just it's just a mess. And for what decades, all we've been able to do is treat the symptom. Obviously, that's the nausea. But what if we get to the heart of the issue, the actual the substance that hits the brain uh, and those nausea receptors uh, and prevented its its flare. That would be remarkable. And it is possible. This new publication that came out on the 13th of December has now identified this chemical beyond estrogen. Yes, so let's we, we recognize estrogen has some role, but it's been blamed for a lot of stuff uh, and some rightfully so. But we now know that, yeah, probably not in isolation. This whole issue of GDF-15 that we're going to discuss here in in more detail in just a minute is likely the causative offender. We know where this thing hits. We've now, they've actually proven this on an animal model that uh, I don't want to get too much ahead of myself, but wow, those who are exposed to this in a certain way. So even that's a caveat. So let me, let me just preface this by saying GDF fifteen plays a role, but how it is exposed to the person totally matters. What you are like what does that even mean? I'm gonna tell you in a minute. Hold on, I can't give away all the good stuff in the first ten minutes. Wait a minute, it's coming because I have to lay the groundwork here. Okay. And to be fair and to be complete, we have to say this, it's not just estrogen that's been blamed for this. The other hormone that's always takes the hit to try to explain nausea and vomiting is, of course, HCG. The higher the HCG, the more nausea. Uh, the same thing with molar pregnancy. So the truth is, is that for a long time, we've, we haven't really known the exact cause of it. We have blamed estrogen. Yes, there's a role. We blamed HCG. Yes, there's definitely a role. But but they probably are secondary. And that's because of of this new data, this GDF-15, which once again, these people have done the groundwork for to open up the channels of new potential therapies. But speaking of the groundwork, uh, the people who contributed to this data, how great is it that we can have an international community, differences aside, all that nonsense falls when we're trying to have one common goal, which is moving healthcare, moving medicine, moving science to make us better. I I love that. That's why we do this podcast. We've got family members from Australia. Hello, Steve. We've got members from New Zealand, uh, the Middle East. We've got people uh, up north in Canada. Uh, canada a we've got people in latin america we've got people international and i love it love it love it love it um that's the way medicine should be look who contributed to this there's five international sites that said hey i want in on this thing we've got to do better with nausea vomiting rather than just treating the darn symptom at that point you already got it right that's the nausea like uh," i mean that's you got to do something help somebody but what if we actually prevented the cause of it? That's that's the golden goose. Now we do have a lot of info here, and just to, just to just to be very transparent, we know much more about nausea, vomiting, pregnancy because of these new trials and this new publication than ever before. But there's still work to be done. Yes, there are actively looking now at, at at medications that either block this substance itself or its receptor fascinating and it's going to take a global group to do that because you need a big numbers okay but the five groups that that contributed to this uh is university of cambridge we have the university of southern california that's us right here so that's how the u.s entered this game so we're at the usc we have the university of edinburgh it's not edinburgh there's actually an edinburgh texas in south texas and i promise you that nobody there says edinburgh But it's University of Edinburgh, then we have the University of Glasgow, and then Sri Lanka represented uh, at uh, Kalania University in Colombo. So those are the five sites that contributed to this very cool publication in the journal Nature on December the 13th. Okay, I think we've laid down our foundation here. Now let's get into what actually GDF 15 is, Okay. Because some of you are like, look, I've gone to medical school. I've done nursing school. Uh, I don't remember that. What the hell is that? (laughs) And the truth is, I I was like, wait, do I know what that is? And I had to look that up as well because few and rare the time that I'm at the bedside, I'm like, I wonder what her GDF 15 level is. That has zero happened, all right? Never, never, nor will it (laughs) As, as far as I can tell. But let me tell you what GDF15 is. It's 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 actually pretty wild. Now it does a lot of other stuff, including stuff that that doesn't apply to what we're talking about here. It's been linked to erythropoiesis. It's been linked to uh, hepcidin levels for iron absorption and iron transport. It's been linked to to production in certain kinds of cancers like uh, prostate cancer. But but that's not what we're talking about here. Specifically, it has a role in pregnancy. And the GDF, we even have to explain what that is. So let's do that next. Oh, man, before we get into GDF 15, uh, look, podcast family, it's our commitment. We always try to give stuff that's fresh off the press, uh, that's already come out or going to come out. Things in development, things that are new, things that are super relevant. My point is, this this could be like its own full-time job. I mean, looking for stuff, I, I get... Oh my goodness, guys! You just see my inbox outside of the medical school stuff and regular emails and stuff that I'm not complaining. I'm just, just, I'm just, I'm just vocalizing. We get stuff from the college, of course, uh, and things for that committee, and blah, blah, down the line, down the line, down the line. In addition to my usual spam, but then I get the, I get alerts. I've signed up for alerts for a variety of things. Some of my buddies who work uh, at some of these journals send me stuff uh nothing nothing illegal right everything is in fair press i just get stuff that's uh right before it comes out even ahead of print they're like hey we're putting this out just fyi it's free press knock yourself out i'm like cool so i get a variety of things and then i get so overwhelmed sometimes i'm like oh that's a good one that's a good one and like that could be my own full-time job but i've got a full-time job <laughs> i got to see patients and i i love teaching medical students and residents so, yeah, I'll just say, like, we we always try to get stuff out. Um, and even when something is out, like, two days before we get to do it, because this was on the 13th, and I've started this on the 15th, I don't know if I'll finish today or tomorrow, or the 16th, but whatever. Uh, it already bugs me that I'm like, oh, I'm 48 hours behind this. Uh, and that's ri- ridiculous. I mean, it's still really new. But anyway, my point is, I always try to give you something that's fresh uh not stale um and 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 relevant the reason we did our immediate last podcast guys that was on antimallorin hormone okay now that was in july that that original guidance for antimallorin hormone and pcos came out in july 2023 However, the reason I wanted to get this in at the end of the year is because it was a 2023 guideline and, I, and I, I had to cover it in 2023 and I had it on my list and it kept getting bumped and bumped, but there's something coming out in Q1 that also uh, builds on anti hormone for PCOS. So that's going to be a ne- a nice, a nice tie into that. So there's there's a reason for, for doing things uh, in our list. Boy, what was I doing? Oh, GDF-15. So GDF-15... Sorry, GDF-15 stands for Growth Differentiation Factor 15. Growth Differentiation Factor 15. And it's not just a pregnancy thing. Okay, so this, this, let's clear that up right there. It's not like, oh, my level is zero. I've never had this. Men don't have this. It's only a pregnancy issue. Not true. There is GDF-15 in the body from a variety of organs and has different roles. The catch is, is that the fetus produces this. And in pregnancy, for those that are more susceptible to to nausea, what they have found is is that this hormone, when it rises in somebody who has not yet been exposed to it before pregnancy, you are going to be sick. Do y'all get that? So let's let's say that again. There is a lot there in patients who have low levels, baseline levels of GDF fifteen in the body naturally. And then they get pregnant and that level rises quickly. It's that combination of high level of GDF-15 in the presence of previous low level, you're going to be sick. Is that wild or what like and if you're thinking what is happening what is going on this hormone even though it's got a lot of different functions one of the main sites that it hits is the nausea center in the brain and what they have now found I'm just telling it too quickly and then I'll tell you the study of how this was figured out is that in those women who had higher levels of gdF 15 before pregnancy all right so they're not they're not this hormone naive and then they get pregnant body's like I get it. It's cool. I've seen it before. It's nothing weird. I'm not going to freak out. We're good. And so their nausea is much less. But for those who get pregnant and then their brainstem sees GDF-15 for the first time or super high levels of it, the, the brain's response is hurl, hurl, upchuck, upchuck, reverse gears, reverse gears, and something is, is is now abnormal, and that's the body's response. So it is two things. It is the level of this... In the patient itself, so the absolute number, which is produced by the by, by the fetus and or fetuses, that's why it's worse in multiple pregnancies. Y'all see that because there's more material. Uh, and it's all, the placenta also has a role here as well. But the baby is the main source of this, even though the placenta also contributes uh, GDF-15 as well. So that's why it's higher in multiples. So we've always thought, well, you've got multiples, you've got higher level of estrogen, yes. But that's that's the that's the sign the the symptom of that the the, the original etiology of that, the cause of that is GDF fifteen. Now, it's very logical to think. Wh- wh- how do you prove that? Where did this come from? Well, this is why the, these authors published this publication, this study, and it's all in there. We're going to highlight it here in a minute. Okay. And it's it's actually hot right now. If you take a look at several medical sites, I'm looking at one right now, which is a nature summary, and it says, GDF-15 linked to maternal risk of nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. Uh, out of the UK's research and innovation, it says, quote, study finds cause and potential prevention for pregnancy sickness, end quote. This is going around right now because nausea and vomiting in pregnancy sucks, Um and as a man, as I've said before, I'm very comfortable in my manness. But good God have mercy! I mean, if I get a cold, the world is ending. Okay, yes, I am the I have no pride. I'll be happy to say it right now. I am that guy, that man sickness model of the world is ending. Everybody look at me. Somebody pamper me. Somebody bring me soup, and at my house that's caldo. Somebody bring me some caldo because I'm dying because I've got the flu. It is horrific. You do not want to be in my house if I have the flu. Because I will make it known. I'm sorry, guys, it's just the way it is. I don't know what it is. It's my it's on something on my Y chromosome as a majority of Y chromosomes have, that the man cold is severely worse in our own mind. okay? Not really for real in the body, but in our own mind, it's devastating. I am like totally going off this whole script thing. and <laughs> why what is happening? let let me let's stop here for a minute. Let me find my place. <laughs> Let me find my place, and then I'll come back. Wait, wait, wait. I do want to mention something. I, I received a message from one of our podcast family members, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God. Just please tell me about the study so I can get off this daggone episode. No, no, no. Wait. Because it, this makes the point here. Uh, I, I do go off track a lot, guys. I, I'm I, Look, I, I've been very open with stuff, right? Uh, that nobody's perfect. I am not perfect. You know, I've, I've had issues. I'm still working through issues. Um, and, and I'm very self-conscious, honestly, but believe that or not, is that wild or what? I mean, uh, uh, there's just, trust me. And I pointed to our, the, um, TED talk that I've done in the past that explains that. Um, but, but one of the, my, my other faults of many is that I, I have bad ADD. I really do. And I've, trust me, I've got a list in front of me. I've got my screens up and I have them in order because Mike tries to keep me in line here. Because it, it really frustrates him, to be honest. He's like, man, please don't go off the, the tangents. Please. It's, it's almost 50% of the time that I get a text from Mike. Oh, Mike, you're killing me. And my response is, brother, I'm trying. Okay? Now, thankfully, I can focus. When I got a patient in front of me, it's direct. It is A to B. It is C to D. It is E to F. I, I got that. But sometimes it gets a little wacky. And, and it's wild. I've had this for a long time. But I did receive a message from one of our family members super helpful and you don't know how much this it comforted me like a little warm blankie okay and so this podcast member said hey i, I appreciate when you say I've, I've kind of gone off target here cuz my mind does kind of wander and i have to forcefully bring it back uh and and this person said you know what it happens to me and and it's, you're not alone in that is what i'm trying to say so thank you all for putting up with this i i really do try to stay on target but i want to be very honest i mean this I'm not trying to put on airs here i mean I'm just and nor is it like I know everything listen to me listen to me people no no it's a, we're all trying to learn this thing together I have a my little happy place as nerdy as that is is medical education I love to do research I love to gather all of these resources guys an episode just so you know and I've said it before is like twenty references that we narrow down to like maybe 10 maybe 15 that all are evidence based have to be good quality evidence they have to be in agreement i try to give devil's advocate the rebuttal when it's appropriate uh, it's a lot of work uh, and this this is something that gives me fulfillment but all to say i know i go off script sometimes so thank you for being patient with that having said that now let's get back to gdf 15 This study was led by MRC. If you do a lot of research, you'll see MRC kind of pop up on some international studies because they are a powerhouse. And and, and that is not U.S. That is uh, in Cambridge, University of Cambridge. It's called the Medical Research Council. right. So they basically have it's a big organized body. They get funding and, and then partner with a lot of institutions internationally uh, to 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 knock out good research. That's the MRC. So this was done through the Medical Research Council. It's actually housed in what's called the the Metabolic Disease Unit. At University of Cambridge, all right. So this is a MRC funded uh, study or coordinated study. Doesn't that is, it's not good or bad? I'm just making that as a point that they are a remarkable entity, and and I'm personally very thankful for them because they do a lot of great research. But let me read you the quick synopsis of this, and uh, and then I'll give you the, the how the study was done, and then we'll wrap this up because it's it's very targeted. We now know more about nausea and vomiting. Uh, Estrogen plays a role, but it's likely the secondary player. First player is this. This growth differentiation factor 15, and now we have got this data that opens up the door to, to possibly new treatments of nausea, vomiting, and hyperemesis. Okay. Now, let me read you this quick synopsis and we'll go into the detail very quickly. Quote, the culprit seems to be the hormone produced by the fetus known as growth differentiation factor 15. How sick the mother feels depends on the combination of how much the hormone is produced by the fetus and how much exposure the mother had to this hormone before becoming pregnant. Now, let me stop there for a minute. See, we've already said that. That's, we, we've already mentioned that. But this is a nice review from the UK Research and Intervention website that kind of picks out new data and then highlights it on, on their, uh, their web page. They go on to say, and here's here's what I find fascinating, quote, the discovery points to a potential way to prevent pregnancy sickness by exposing mothers to GDF 15 ahead of pregnancy to build up its resistance or to attack the receptor to which this binds, end quote. Wow. Now, I I really don't think that we're going to give this medication to those trying to conceive to try to prevent nausea, vomiting, because that'd be like a lot of medicine with a lot of of, a buckshot going out to protect a few. However, I really think it's in that second part is if they do get severe nausea or vomiting or just nausea, vomiting, period, and definitely hyperemesis, that they could develop either a, a... medication to block the GDF-15 itself or its receptor. And yes, that's not my theory. This is actively being looked at right now as well. Well, dag nabbit, I did it again. I had to leave the studio. I was in my home recording studio. And then I had to leave to go do residency interviews, which I really do love to do. I love talking to folks. I find their stories super fascinating. But all to say, I've got my mic with me. And now I've done the residency interviews. We're about to go in and do a quick DNC. And so once again, I am in some random room at the hospital because I wanted to knock this out. Anyway, let's keep on with our message. This association with GDF 15 with nausea and vomiting is absolutely not new. We've known that for several years. There was a publication that came out in Cellular Metabolism in 2020. Actually, it was April of 2020. The title was GDF 15 Induces Anorexia through nausea and emesis. So, I mean, there it is. Uh, And in that 2020 publication, they really did explain and go into details of how this this molecule... Uh, in the cytokine family hits uh, brain receptor activity really to induce this this nauseating effect. Super, super weird, right? So again, it's not new, like, oh, we just never knew this before. This has been out for a while. Once again, that was in 2020, but now it's been linked specifically to nausea, vomiting in pregnancy. Oh, and listen to this, even more fascinating is this this tie-in to future development of new weight loss medication because while growth differentiation factor 15 is tied to nausea and vomiting it's also linked did y'all hear that what we just mentioned a little while ago to the anorexia component it's an appetite suppressant um, which is why also some women just have food aversion in pregnancy but there is interest also in harvesting gdf-15 not just for the nausea and vomiting control issue but as a weight loss drug so that's a whole other avenue of development and yeah that's that's something that's being looked at as well well right now uh, for future development. So that brings us to our current 2023 publication in Nature. And the short of it is because we've already kind of alluded to the findings. Yes, it has actually been found in the plasma of women who have hyperemesis, that they have higher absolute concentrations of GDF-15. But it's not only that, it's the relationship to what was their endogenous level of GDF-15 before they got pregnant, along with that surge that makes them predisposed to nausea, vomiting, and hyperemesis. So that in those patients who had already been pre-exposed to this by endogenous means, and then again pregnant, their body somehow has been desensitized to this compound, remember this does have activity at various points in the body, but in pregnancy, it does affect that nausea center in the brain. All right, so there's a specific location where this gets triggered. And now, this was actually uh, also described in this Nature publication because they they try to validate that in an animal model, and it worked. So they took little rats who uh, did not have GDF15 natural exposure, and then give them a huge whopping dose to mimic pregnancy. And boom, I mean, they stopped eating, they are like they didn't like hurl everywhere, they just stopped eating, which was a surrogate marker for its activity because of that anorexic effect. But in those that had a slow release of GDF-15 in their body before they were given the big surge, guess what? They ate a little bit less, but really not that much, and they weren't as affected. So they were able to validate what was seen in vivo, in human subjects, they were able to validate that in an animal model. Now, traditionally, as an experimental process, you see something first in an animal, then you go to the adult. But because this wasn't a therapeutic intervention, nobody was getting medication, they kind of did that in reverse. All to say, the short of it is, yes, there is a link here with nausea, vomiting, and with hyperemesis with this endogenous substance that's created by the fetal placental unit called growth differentiation factor 15 that can explain these these symptoms. So outside of weight loss medication, if we could target treatment for nausea and vomiting, we can get to its heart of the problem rather than just treating the symptom, which is nausea. Uh, and that is being looked at right now. All right, podcast family, I hope you found that interesting. We saw this come out two days ago. We're like, we've got to get this out because it's it's kind of fascinating. My goodness, we're learning so much stuff. Sometimes you just want to step back and go, look, guys, my brain's full right now. Let me just make some room. Let me forget some things to learn new things because medicine moves fast. And that's our job here at Clinical Pearls. We're trying to keep everyone up to date on kind of the latest data and what's coming out in print as well. So as always, we're thankful for you. We're glad you're part of our podcast community. And we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.